0: Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my
1: way. Welcome once again to another episode of Estate Planning Essentials, a program tirelessly devoted to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm virtually, the operative word of the month or year or decade, sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm virtually very well. Virtually, how are you? (laughs) It it feels just like normal, right? (laughs) I guess. Does virtual mean fake now that it comes up? What does virtual mean? It just means pretend, or what's the denotative <laughs> breakdown of the word virtual, Mike. I, I think I'm going to have to get to Webster's and uh, ask them to <laughs> I don't <know> what it <laughs> means. Of course, I'll have to do it online, so it's, yeah. it's virtual. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no more books for you, no more books for anybody, but it is the way of the world right now, and maybe forever. Who knows? Um, you're still doing your workshops virtually, and we're doing this program virtually, which means not in person, uh, and that's probably how we'll continue to do it until further notice, and Um, So Michael and I will continue to do the program over the telephone, and uh, so if you hear the dog barking or the postman knocking or something like that, you'll understand why. Uh, At the same time, the quality of the program and the content remains outstanding thanks to Michael's constant self-education and his commitment to his clients' potential and existing, and this program will be no exception, and I'm looking forward to it because you came up with a new topic I'd never thought about, and we've never really discussed before, and that is how to divide up someone's personal property without there being a feud.
2: Yeah, you know, what made me think about this was last week's show, I just briefly mentioned about Robin Williams and how the problem was that in his will, uh, he he was married four times, and uh... he had said to his wife, or his will said to his wife to his wife, the house she gets the house mm-hmm. and but the question was it wasn't specific about the personal belongings belongings inside the house. Mm-hmm. and so there was this family feud it's like a TV show family feud, right mm-hmm. well anyway, so uh the uh, there's this big old legal battle even over things such as silly as her wedding dress because it was inside the home, and so I thought, well, gee, maybe we should talk about, uh, you know, personal property items. Personal property items are things like that are tangible assets, like silverware, jewelry, mm-hmm. furniture, mm-hmm. artwork, tools, guns, pets, you know, things like that. Not not real estate or an investment account or anything like that. So, which are easily are more easily uh, divided or could be sold etc and so uh, but a lot of times things are really get personal like oh a mom would have wanted me to have that mm-hmm. or whatever and so uh, it gets to be where there could be a family feud over something that seems uh, maybe not have a great um, dollar value but it has a great sentimental value mm-hmm. and so uh, as a result i thought that's something that's we talk about normally uh, when we meet with clients about when they do like their estate planning on wills and trusts, but you know, it just doesn't seem like um, it's something that normally people talk about. So I thought maybe we should talk about this today. Great. So the first thing is w- when you have a will or trust, uh, you usually mention well, what we usually do is we actually have it divided up as to your personal property items uh, versus. Other assets or res- residue. So, in other words, my, all the rest and residue goes a certain way, but my personal property items go this way. Mm-hmm. So, one things that you may want to do for yourself personally is you might list the things that are most important uh, as to what you want to do or want to have stay in the family. So, um, this particular item is passed from generation to generation. So, I want this. Um, you know whatever it may be it's important to you that you might want to make a list of the things that are important to you uh... you know a lot of people have most of our stuff is just that stuff mm-hmm. uh... but uh, but there are certain things that are important so somebody might think uh, their silverware is important or particular guns are important or mm-hmm. even how things are to be done with a pet uh or it could be as simple as last week. I had somebody who put something about their beanie babies, so it hmm. could be any it could okay. be any number of things that they think uh were important, and so you write down the things that are important to you and then kind of start from there uh after you've kind of written down uh that, then you should have some clarity as some as to what your wishes may be mm-hmm. you know if Let's say you had a son and a daughter, uh, and the daughter thought that all the jewelry should go to her. Well, if the parent says, "I want it split between my son and daughter," uh, then there's clarity. (laughs) Uh, You know, so we had that situation where the daughter thought, "Well, I should just get all the jewelry because I'm the daughter," and but the parent, the reason why the parent. Uh, said I want it split, even though jewelry may not have been worn by the son, was because the son had two daughters,
1: mm-hmm. and if
2: something happened to the son, he they wanted uh, that 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 portion of the jewelry to go to the grandchildren, granddaughters in this case. So there was a reason. So if you put that down, maybe if like on anything in life, anything, the more communication that you have, the more clarity you have. Or more the understanding that people might have and as to why you did it that way. If you don't say something, then that's where it gets into some ill will and bad feelings and things like that. Uh, so, so it's, And you should probably say which specific item. So if you say, well, I want this particular item to go to this particular person, you can do that in a will or you can do it in a memorandum too, which we'll talk about that in a second. But So, first of all, clarify what you have and how each item is to go is one option that you have. Now, you also need to think about what happens if you don't have that item. You know, let's say you sold that item or gave it away prior to the time that you pass, then you need to have something in your will or trust if you specifically mention that property. Mm So, let's say I give my uh, diamond ring, uh, my diamond wedding ring to my daughter. Well, what happens if you sold your diamond wedding ring, or you lost your diamond ring, wedding ring? Uh, what do you? What happens then? Do you say, oh, they get the insurance proceeds if I lost it, or do you say the gift lapses? I don't know. Or does it? If you still have it, what happens if that person dies first? Okay, mm-hmm. my daughter predeceased me. Does it go to her, her daughter, or her children? I don't
1: know. You need to say. What about uh, someone um, if they were to inherit that diamond ring? Can um, the deceased uh, create strings attached, indicating that if you sell that uh, and don't keep it, and then because you see dollar signs, you can make money from it, then it then it has to be returned? Are they Able to do things like that?
2: Well, what you could do that um, you can't really say it that way because mm-hmm. once it's there, once it's theirs, it's theirs. Mm-hmm. However, if they got it outright, however, right. if you had it held in some sort of a uh, trust it said mm-hmm. okay uh, or maybe you could say uh, you don't usually think of personal property with a life estate so you really you, a life estate is like when you have real estate say oh, you have a right to live in a home for the rest of your life mm-hmm. or something like that but i guess you could have um, trust proceeds uh that says upon death if the pro- if that particular pr- if you, in other words you put the uh, asset in a contingent trust mm-hmm. uh if it's sold then the proceeds go a Certain way, Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, another thing an executor probably should do is, if our our trustee is after the person passes, uh, they need to secure the wherever the property is located. In other words, let's say things are at the home, so things aren't missing. Yeah, I I like old movies. I don't know if you remember the old movie. I even watch Turner Classics and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but. Uh, there was the old movie Zorba the Greek. I don't know if you remember sure. that or not. Yeah. So I remember when somebody died, all these people just thinking that the person had died and they hadn't even died yet came swarming in the house trying to take <laughs> personal property. <items. laughs> you know. So the vultures kept coming. They were kind of oh. circling. You know. And and then they hadn't died. And then they waited. And then they, when they did die, they, the vultures kept coming back in. It sort of like. You know, it's hmm. a terrible thing, but yeah. uh, but, but unfortunately, uh, sometimes there are people like that who will say, well, okay, and then they're going to take that. Item. Oh, mom gave that to me a long time ago, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and so uh, so the executor or trustee probably, I say trustee, so uh, sometimes you assign your personal property to your trust. In other words, you say my stuff goes to my trust, mm-hmm. my furniture, my jewelry, my all the other tangible personal property items, so that now it's part of the trust. Or if you had a will, you know, it'd be the executor who would be in charge of the assets, assuming that you probated the will. Probated the will. So you could say that uh, another thing you could do is you could say executor trustee, what I want you to do because I don't want any dispute on who gets what, and there pe- somebody feeling slighted is to say okay I want these certain items to be sold and just divided it may be something that's more valuable there was a case I remember where uh there was um, some holocaust survivor and they had some uh artwork <clears throat> and they what they did was they said I want uh, that artwork to be sold because it's a lot more valuable than everything else so they went to christies or some auction house and they um, uh, sold the property for a you know really fair market value and uh were able to divide it between the family. Now it could be if it was something else that was really valuable, you know, that they wanted to stay in the family, well then that's something that they had to identify and say who mm-hmm. then you have to say, well gee, what happens here? But you see here this this particular case this item was so much more valuable than anything else that it wouldn't have been fair for one child, let's say, to get something and the others not, unless you kinda uh gave less um uh, other assets, in other words, to to the other beneficiaries. Uh, I mean, to that per- beneficiary who got the artwork. So, for example, if you had an appraisal, let's say you had an appraisal of something that had uh, was worth more. Okay, and said, okay, this is worth X. Uh, in fact, we did this in quite frankly, when my mom passed, uh, we had different jewelry, et cetera and we got I got appraisals. And we had everything valued at whatever it was. And so you say, okay, you could choose this, but then that means you get less cash. The mm-hmm. equivalent. But okay. you but there's a problem there with that with the uh with the artwork because if that's something that's highly appreciated, well I so I so, you would not want to give that during a lifetime because that could be a problem. So you could direct that it be sold and that would be a, a, a fair thing and that's an option that people would have.
1: Okay. Very good. Um I, I love the fact that you use the word option because uh, everyone has options in their lives in terms of the kind of estate planning they want to do. And uh, I think the most important option uh, that they have to consider uh, and they must, I think, pull the lever on is to attend your next workshop. And my understanding, Michael, is the next one is on Tuesday, the 27th at 1 o'clock. Is that correct?
2: Yes. And all you have to do to go to that workshop is to uh, sign up online at Dallas Elder Lawyer. Dot com, that's DallasElderLawyer.com, or call 214-720-0102, and uh, what we do at that workshop is we see what questions that people want to know. It's a two-hour workshop, and you just find out whatever it is that you want to know about estate planning. It doesn't have to be about you know about your will or trust, or although it could be. It could be about powers of attorney. It could be about Medicaid benefits. It could be about veterans' benefits. We don't know. Every workshop is different. What the questions will be, we don't know because everybody has different questions, and um, Mm -hmm. it could be something about the upcoming election. Uh, It could be something: how will I be affected? I don't, you know, what, what what laws could change? What is the impact on this or that? Was there an impact on, you know? Will I lose the uh, pre-existing conditions on uh, the Affordable Care Act? That the Affordable Care Act happens if there's a uh, nomination before a certain date. It could be any number of things, you know. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we don't know what the questions are that people are going to ask because um, uh, it varies each time. Uh, so uh, anyway, we just ask people what they want to know. Uh, and uh, for two hours, we kind of we might have some presentation, but for the most part, we just ask what people want to know, and the questions are t- vary. And if you do go to that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, we give you one more thing without any obligation. That is a free vision meeting. That is, we get a free you get a free one-hour meeting where we could kind of look at your own individual situation in more depth and see if. What your plan is is the way you would like it to be. Have you addressed things like this personal property items? I don't know. That may or may not be important to you. You might just mm-hmm. say my stuff is just junk, and that's okay. But it could be other issues that are more important. I want to protect. Like you said, I want to make sure if something is sold, where do the proceeds go? I want to protect my daughter or son from creditors or bad marriages or spouses remarrying or what if somebody is disabled, or what happens if I become uh, need long-term care? It could be any number of things, and all, all we do is ask you, what do you want to know? And then we mm-hmm. kind of answer those questions.
1: And it's free, which is wonderful. Uh, the, the two-hour estate planning essentials workshop is free, the free vision meeting where you meet with Michael privately to address uh, your individual circumstances is free, so it's three free hours with Michael Cohen providing you with education and his expertise and um, there's no better way to ensure that uh, your plan is comprehensive and is current. The best way to do that is to sign up for the next workshop on tuesday the twenty seventh at one o'clock about two one four seven two zero zero one zero two two one four seven two zero zero one zero two or go to Dallas. ElderLawyer.com, Dallas, ElderLawyer.com. Or you can just Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Attorney Dallas, and he will come up immediately on that first page. So, Michael, um, love this program. Uh, I, you call to mind my mind the fact that one man's trash is another man's treasure. You just don't know uh, what people deem as valuable and not valuable. What about digital assets? Does that come into play a lot? You know, you could do that. if it's You know, you
2: could do all sorts of different things, Uh to determine what's important to you i mean a lot it depends on what the type of digital asset it may be
1: mm-hmm. in other
2: words you could have uh photos like uh, mm. uh you know sometimes people have uh you know the photos on their phone or whatever uh that may be important and so uh, it could be that um that those are more important to you than uh the jewelry or something right and you know so Then then after you identify that, sometimes people have a bidding process. I know this is very unusual, but (laughs) you could say, uh, so let's say the executor or trustee gives a certain amount of tokens. Right. Okay. And then oh my. you bid on it and say, Oh, the photos are more about I'll put all my tokens on the photos, the digital mm-hmm. asset photos, uh or regular photos. And and uh of course that the problem with that is it could get into engagementsmanship, it's like paying poker, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if you remember ever seeing the show Storage Wars or something like that. Where mm-hmm. they some people would bid up the things thinking, Oh, they'll use up all their assets right. on the photos and I'm gonna get the uh, diamond ring or something. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of be careful on when you have a bidding process uh, right. Right. so you but you could uh... do that if that's something that's desired but mm-hmm. you you may want to do something where what happens if they're on the tokens, for example, that you reallocate if you didn't win. Have to come up with something else. Is that what, there are other things that are better. We hardly ever use the bidding process. I just don't. Yeah. You could say what's you know what you rank in preference uh, is right. another option, uh, and then say okay, whoever gets whatever based on the rank. Um, it could be that uh you know you have a lottery process uh in other words you say oh, okay we'll draw things out of a hat mm-hmm. you know you and i talk off there about fantasy football and things like that so in fantasy football before we start our season we first we have we have a deck of cards and somebody draws to see who which order you get to 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 have your uh, not only your draft order, but to even choose what your draft order is, which one gets to choose first. And so uh, you could do the same thing with picking names out of a hat uh, as well. Uh, so you could have a lottery system, and the lottery system could even be done differently. So let's say there were five kids, one, two, three, four, five, because of the lottery system. And then the next round, depending on how many items you have, it's five, four, three, two, one. Or you could have a, a progressive one and said, Okay, this first round if there's lots of items, one, two, three, four, five, and then the next round it would be two, three, four, five, one, et cetera So you could do it uh different ways. So you could have a lottery system you know, drawing names out of a hat or cutting the cards or whatever. Uh it there's lots of different ways you could do it. Uh and it's not a right or wrong answer, it's just another way of trying to divide things up. Uh Uh, in a way that might be equitable Uh, and so different people do different things so that's one of the kind of questions that we ask do you want to have it done by lottery Uh, we don't usually do the bidding thing that uh, I mentioned just a minute ago but it is
1: a possibility that you could do as well yeah I guess a lot of times people's their intentions are good um, but then let's just say you have the siblings decide to just divide things up just sit in a room and and do it yourselves, you're full-grown adults, And but what if they're estranged? What if there's emotional things? And like I said, one man's trash is another man's treasure. How do you know what people are going to do and what should be maybe a difficult process uh, should be a lot easier? It could be, like you said, all-out war, um, and all it takes is one item to probably create that. Well, that's why you either say something specific in your will
2: or uh sometimes people have a memorandum uh so let's say you have a lot of items as opposed to one item uh so you know when you have an attorney and you have start listing twenty dif- twenty five different things in your will, well, the more mm-hmm. time it takes, quite frankly, the more legal fees it might be because right. not only do you have to say where does each item go or to whom it goes but also, what happens if something happens to that where that item is no longer in existence, and who's the c- contingent beneficiary? so you have to do that on each one of those items. Uh, if I don't have that double barrel shotgun <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so where does right. it go if I no longer have it uh,
1: right. or if that
2: person dies, what happens to, uh, if that person predeceases me so right. uh, so, when you have a whole laundry list, that could be a a a difficult or if you want to change your mind, that means I have to do a codicil every time. I changed my mind on who gets that double-barrel shotgun or the diamond ring. Well, right. so so really when you have a long list, often it's discussed uh, – a memorandum is discussed. Now, a memorandum where you write as long a list as you may possibly desire, uh, and you should probably give a copy to the attorney and maybe whoever the executor is in the trustee uh, or trustee, uh, depending on what you have, whether a will or trust. The it's not legally binding. So when you have it in a will, for example, it's legally binding. Or if it's in a trust, where it says where things go, it's legally binding. But you know, the on the flip side is you don't want to have to if 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 you have that long laundry list, and then you have to do a codicil to your will, an amendment to your will, in other words, or revise or amend your trust then you might say, and it's not worth doing that. So that's why people a lot of times do memorandums. But at least usually if the family does get along, at least you know what the parent uh wanted. Uh it could be uh it could be that the parent, on the other hand, put something on the back of, of that artwork and they put look this one goes to my son John. Uh this one goes uh this piece of art goes to my son Don. Right. Uh you know, whatever it may be uh and so that you kinda have a feeling there may be that there's something special. I gave this person this thing as a gift to mom and now so I think I should get it back, you know, or something like right. that. Uh yeah. so so it, it could be any number of things. Of course uh another way of doing things is to give away the items during life. You know, so now you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right, you get the artwork now. Now what happens if I kept it in my home though? Well you better let everybody else know that this is what it is. I gave this to John or to Don, and but I wanted to have the use of it. Now, if I gave it, then there are a few different things that you have, a couple of other things you have to at least think about before you do that. Besides communicating to the others, is to see what the value might be. Well, why does that matter? Because remember, for gift tax purposes, if I gave away uh, a Rembrandt. Uh, then that Rembrandt is probably worth more than fifteen thousand dollars, and if you make a gift of more than fifteen thousand dollars per year per person in your lifetime, of course gifts are only done during your lifetime, then uh, then you have a duty to report to the IRS uh, hmm. to the and so to the it doesn't mean that there's necessarily a gift tax and by the one by the way the one who makes that gift tax return is the one who makes the gift not the one right. who receives the gift. Right, And so uh, you should you should let uh, – so you would have to do – you might have to do a gift tax return if it's something in particular of value if you give away during your lifetime. And the other thing about that is if it was that artwork and it would let's say it was worth X when you got it and it was worth a lot more when you gave it away, then you also lost the step-up in basis. What's a step-up mm-hmm. in basis? If you keep an asset until you die, often you get this the value as the date of death. If right. you gave it away during your lifetime, then the donee, the one who receives the gift, gets the value as of the date that you, you know, whenever you acquired that property. Uh, so if you got that uh, Rembrandt in World War II, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think it may have gone up a little bit since then. <laughs> Just a little bit. And, and so you've got to be very, very, very careful uh, when you do make a gift as to uh, to think about the tax consequences that may occur as well.
1: Excellent information, Michael. Uh, whether you're a donee or donor, um, you have to consider all the consequences, to use another word of Michael's, um, when you lay out your estate plan for while you're alive and, and when you're deceased, um, to make sure it's an ironclad program and plan that you want to be effectuated. You must attend Michael's next workshop, which is on a, a rare day, which is a Tuesday, October the 27th at 1 o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. We thank you for listening to the Estate Planning Essentials Program, and we thank you, Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Have a good day, Michael. Thank you, Don. You too.